Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Decentral Lounge, the podcast presented by Global Stake, your preferred staking provider for institutions running bare metal and SOC 2 compliant data centers. I am one of the co-hosts, Ryan Hazinski, Director of Protocol Relations at Global Stake, also with my co-host, Jordan Connect, who's the head of Institutional Strategies. And today, our guest is none other than Bill Laboon, who is the head of education and grants at the Web3 Foundation. We're very excited to have him on the podcast and have this conversation today to hear from his mellifluous voice and all the big ideas that he loves to share. So, Bill, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for taking the time. And we'd love to just hear a little bit about your personal story. How did you get to the blockchain world? Yeah, sure. Uh, so first, Ryan, uh, thanks. And Jordan, thank you for having me very much. Uh, it's always always a pleasure. Um, so yeah, so how did I get into the blockchain world? Um, so uh, I always like to tell the, you know, the, the story uh, that I actually was doing research on hash algorithms. And uh, somebody told me about like money, right, that used used like the you know, SHA-256. And I was like, what the heck? And this was very early, right, uh, 2010 or so. And I hadn't heard about Bitcoin until then. So I actually read about Bitcoin very early on, thought, oh, that was an interesting idea, but didn't get into it until a few years later. Uh, when Ethereum came out is really when I got very interested in blockchain. Um, you know, I played around with, with Bitcoin. I actually started running a Bitcoin node very early in about 2012. Uh, but when I realized Turing completeness was possible, right? Because, you know, there's a good reason, right? That Bitcoin is not, you know, Bitcoin script is not Turing complete. And when I saw like this idea of gas, I, I just was like, wow, okay, right? It's all starting to come together about what's possible. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I was teaching at the University of Pittsburgh at the time, uh, ended up, uh, you know, teaching a course on blockchain at the university there, uh, also, you know, contributing to an academic journal uh, about, uh, about distributed ledger technology and wanting to dive deeper. And when I heard Web3 Foundation was looking for a, a technical educator, well, I, um, I, I applied immediately. Uh, my family and I moved to Switzerland uh, in 2019 and have been working here ever since. Was it difficult to make the transition from that typical computer science background into the blockchain world? Or did you find the it was somewhat seamless to make that change? Um, yeah, I think it actually, I wouldn't say seamless. There's definitely differences. Uh, however, I had worked in private industry for a long time before I was uh, in academia. Uh, you know, I was a software engineer. Uh, I guess my first paid software engineering job was 97. Um, and up until 2013, uh, you know, I was a professional software engineer. Uh, so there definitely were some, some differences just in, in working style, um, et, et cetera, as, as well as like, you know, the Swiss and American styles of working, which are also slightly different. Um, but I would say like, I had already, in terms of like the actual work I was doing, uh, it, it was sort of a, a, not a difficult segue. You know, I had been teaching courses on blockchain. I was very into blockchain. I was, uh, you know, looking into Polkadot already. Um, I've got a, you know, even before I worked here, I have a very early trivial, uh, commit to the, the substrate code base. Uh, so it wasn't a, a total, you know, switch. Although there, I, I do, I did, um, yeah, I mean, I did, I certainly did like, especially the first year have some, uh, it was interesting, right? Like, uh, 
the big thing I would say is in, in academia, or at least at university level, uh, the students all want to be there. And if, right, if, and if the, uh, they don't do well in the class, all right, well, that's their fault. Now, as an educator that reaches out more toward the community, I have to think about other things besides that, right? You know, if someone comes, you know, so if I were a bad, I'm not saying I was a bad professor. I think I was a very good professor. You can ask my students, but you know, if I were a bad professor, well, there's not much they can do about it, right? But if I, you know, have some like uh, some bad courses or bad whatever, or even uninteresting stuff that I put out, then people don't have to listen to me. You know, they may find some other uh, person to, uh, to, to learn from. And uh, so that was a bit of a change, right? Making things and thinking about how to ensure not just that I'm teaching something, but also that, was, that it was interesting and you know, being engaging and ensuring all this. It, it was a, a slight change from the academic mindset. Well, I, I just to, to kind of throw this out there for those of you who are watching, if you'd like to see some of Bill's teaching, the thing that I highly recommend to so many people is the MOOC that you did. That's 20 plus episodes long, all about blockchain technology. I'll never forget in 2020 after seeing the what is Polkadot video with you and Dan Reeser and then eagerly diving into that whole course just to get a better understanding of the technology. So I think it's, you know, from one educator to another, you do a great job in trying to really distill the essential information, break it down so that anybody can understand it. And we'll make sure we link that when we post this full length podcast, so other people can see those kinds of uh, courses that you've done online. Um, but circling back to Web3 Foundation, can you expand upon a little you know, more about what the foundation is, how it's connected to Polkadot, Parity Tech? They seem to be all kind of very closely aligned and what the mission of the Web3 Foundation is. Sure. So Web3 Foundation, uh, we are uh, in German a, a Stiftung. We are uh, you know, a foundation, as the name implies, with a specific goal. And our goal you know, in our founding documents, right, of, you know, uh, is to help bring about the decentralized web, right, to decentralize the internet. And so you know, this has been our goal, and the main way that we are doing this is through Polkadot. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that's the only thing we do. You know, there's, you know, uh, Web3 Summit, uh, which you uh, may have remembered we, we held for several years, um, you know, brought, you know, people from, from all over, from all different ecosystems. And, you know, I talk, you know, with people from different ecosystems. This block, the blockchain fundamentals course you referred to, actually, I don't think even does more than just mention Polkadot because the goal is really, right, how do blockchains work at a fundamental level? Uh, and so, you know, there's much more references really to things people are more familiar with, uh, like, like Bitcoin, actually, mostly. So the goal of Web3 Foundation really is to, explain, you know, what is the benefit of decentralization? You know, what, why are we here? What is the philosophy? Because there are a lot of benefits to it. Uh, and, and, you know, also to be, to be frank, you know, what are the drawbacks and the challenges uh, to it? Um, and, however, like our main focus is supporting Polkadot. One of the ways we do this is by supporting the main developers of Polkadot. Uh, so these are people that are developing the Polkadot host, uh, the, you know, the main uh, technology uh, that like you know, runs the nodes uh, Polkadot is kind of different in that we also have the runtime, the rules for Polkadot, which are now handled by the Polkadot Technical Fellowship, an entirely on-chain collective. Um, you know, that's uh, separate from us. Uh, Parity 
uh, actually gets funding from Web3 Foundation in order to build Polkadot. Uh, we also give funding, uh, you know, in the past, you know, we've started, uh, we, we've given funding to others developing uh, Polkadot host implementations. So probably the most famous is Quadrivium, uh, who have Kagome, which is running a validator on Kusama, but also Chainsafe, which is uh, developed Gossamer, a Go implementation. Uh, and we're always looking, you know, for others that, that are interested in doing this, in doing this, right, in helping bring about, uh, you know, our vision. So I really see Web3 Foundation as sort of the shepherds, right? You know, we, we provide advice, we, we help the sheep, but, you know, the, it's really the sheep's job to, to, to go find the good grass to eat, right? Um, and, you know, so similarly, you know, here, like, we don't have the engineers uh, here. We don't have marketing people. Uh, what we do have are people like me, technical educators. Uh, we provide grants. We do a lot of research. We have... Um, I'm not sure of the exact number right now, but over a dozen PhDs, uh, you know, who, you know, done, done re, you know, do research into the, um, uh, you know, to the protocols, to the economic, the tokenomics of the system, uh, voting, um, you know, things like grandpa, like babe. These were, uh, uh, uh beefy sassafras, uh, all of these, uh, uh you know, acronyms you've probably heard of. Uh, many of them were invented here, you know, approved here. You know, we write papers on them. Um, so, so yeah, so like, again, I see us, I see us as sort of shepherds, not just of Polkadot, but also of the broader, you know, web three world. The, it's funny that you mentioned that being a shepherd, because it seems like we've seen, you know, recently we had the rebranding of substrate to the Polkadot SDK and we're seeing sort of the proliferation of this open source software development platform now being used by other chains. Recently, we've seen, Cardano show an interest in the Polkadot SDK. There are some other implementations such as Polygon Avail that are already running it. I believe Starknet is using it. What do you think this says about the Web3 Foundation's mission in its effort to educate others? Do you think that this has something to do with the adoption of the Polkadot SDK outside of the ecosystem itself? Uh, I, I do think so because, you know, our job really is very tech focused and, you know, we are supporting uh, you know, uh, substrate in the Polkadot SDK, and it really is amazing technology, right? So, you know, one of the reasons I first got interested in, Pol in Polkadot was seeing uh, Gav's talk at Web3 Summit 2018. You know, he famously pulled out a laptop and then by, you know, a brand new laptop, and by the end of it had a running blockchain uh, on his computer. And I, who, uh, you know, uh, was very interested in like, you know, what are all the different trade-offs between chains? And this, you know, this really uh, spoke, you know, uh, spoke to me. And so I think, a lot of other teams in different ecosystems are seeing this, right? You know, Substrate is this amazingly flexible framework for building blockchains. And we've seen not just uh, teams in other ecosystems, but also teams that want to build solo chains using Substrate. And I, I do see this as part of teams seeing like the benefits, right? Like you know, when you see good tech, you want to use it. And um, I think this actually has a lot of benefits for Polkadot. You know, I, I see... Because Polkadot, I think, I think it's pretty uh, obviously like you know the largest uh, substrate-based system out there, right? You know, the, between the, especially between the relay chains and all the the, the parachains running on Polkadot. Um, and I've seen actually, you know, on Twitter, I, I read Twitter probably more than I should. Uh, you know, people saying, "Well, what's the point, right? Why why is this benefiting Polkadot?" But you know, then I think you know, my, sort of my response to this is. 
you know, standards are a good thing. And they often end up benefiting the originator of those standards. You know, when you think about the EVM, for instance, um, there are a lot of EVM clone chains. There are a lot of, you know, L2s that basically just have, you know, on Ethereum, for instance, right, that have their own, you know, the, the EVM implementations. There's a lot of, of other chains that use EVM. But I don't think this is hurting Ethereum, right? You know, it's, it's providing a, a lot of tools, uh, right? It's providing a lot of, uh, how would you say, like, you know, input on how things work and they, what works and what doesn't as people make changes. But this all flows back, right, to Ethereum because they're the ones who uh, created the EVM in the first place and still, you know, the, the, the largest ecosystem, I think, I think everyone here can agree, um, you know, that that's EVM-based. And so, so I see it similarly with Substrate is that all of these other teams are building it. There's more d- demand for tools. There are more people building infrastructure for it. And that really, you know, flows back to Polkadot and the people developing on Polkadot. And, you know, that's really our goal, right? You know, I, we have like, you know, obviously as a foundation, we have these very like, uh, uh, you know, like abstract goals of bringing about the decentralized internet. But when we think of concrete things to do to bring that about, you know, what I think is we need builders. We need developers. And the better we can make the lives of developers, the more developers will come and build on it. And having more people use a language, a framework, a paradigm, an ecosystem, right? It all comes back, right, uh, to us and helps benefit, uh, you know, our foundation's more abstract goals. Do you think with the, and this kind of circles back to the grant making process, the the Web3 Foundation just announced not that long ago um, a large grant that they are going to be seeding a lot of different projects. Do you feel that that is also going like one of the aims for those abstract missions to try and draw in developers? Do you think part of the Web3 Grant Foundation that this process that they're about to go through is to seek to find additional developers to come from outside the ecosystem or just anybody who's generally interested in building on the Polkadot SDK? So that, that's part of it. So th- this program that you, that you, uh, referring to is, uh, decentralized futures. So, uh, futures.web3.foundation, if you want to, uh, uh, put a, put a link to it, which is offering 20 million, uh, US dollars and 5 million dot to teams that are building in the Polkadot ecosystem. Uh, and this is a very broad definition, right? And, Yes, I mean, you know, grants have historically been a large part of what, what Web3 Foundation does. You know, we've given out grants to a lot of uh, parachain teams, a lot of people who have built, you know, the, the wallets and the infrastructure and the block explorers and, and all kinds of things that make a blockchain actually usable, right? Uh, so, you know, I, I actually remember like, you know, very early days dealing, uh, with, with Kusama, uh, and there weren't always great Great uh, block explorers available back then. A lot of querying chain state to figure out what happened, and it's not not so fun. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see. So, a big part of this goal is not just to 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 bring this about, but to make sure that we bring it about in a decentralized way. So, you know, Web three Foundation and Parity, we have been decentralizing. You know, we have you know part. Uh, so, you know, there are some teams that have been with Parity, but we think that their jobs would be better done by the community. But that doesn't mean that the people who are doing them are, 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 are bad, right? Uh, we want to provide them support, right, to, to go out and form smaller groups and 
help build the ecosystem in a more decentralized way. So that, that's part of the, the goal of decentralized futures. Uh, another part of the goal is to encourage people that are already building on Polkadot to get you know, the, the, the funding that they need to really start doing things you know, as a self-sustaining business. Uh, you know, and a lot of times, you know, a, a business, uh, right, you just need some, a, a little bit of startup capital, essentially, right, in order to, to get things flowing, and then you can be uh, sustainable. Uh, there's a big jump between, you know, like a, a fun project you do on the weekends to a self-sustaining business. But after that, it can be more, uh, uh, what's the word, you know, grows on its own, right? Uh, you just need that, need that jump, that quantum leap, right, which we can provide. Uh, the third thing is to bring, you know, fresh ideas for, from outside the, the ecosystem and bring more people in. Um, so I wouldn't say that the, the specific goal of the Decentralized Futures Program is to, to bring others in. Uh, I would say that the goal is a little bit more abstract than that. Uh, in, or it's to ensure that we have you know, a, a decentralized, strong, and stable ecosystem. And we're hoping to you help kickstart that uh, with this program. It seems very well received so far. I mean, that, that goes without saying. People are excited. They're they're generating ideas. They're coming up with things that you know probably gonna you're gonna see as proposals coming across your desk or across, across the grants team desk very soon. Um, one thing I've been thinking about lately, you know, like you, I'm on Twitter probably too much, <laughs> and Web three the term seems to have been co opted in some sense. You know, um, I go on spaces and people talk about Web3 as if it's NFTs. And, you know, the people who understand the term or know where it came from, it was, I believe, coined by one of the co-founders of Polkadot, Gavin Wood, nearly 10 years ago in 2014. And that's clearly what the Web3 Foundation is, is striving toward. If you could picture what a decade down the road looks like for the web three foundation. Where do you see all this going in terms of the decentralization of the web and, you know, how web three foundation is going to be instrumental in, in leading the way in these efforts? Yeah, that's, that's a really broad question. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I, I have ideas and, and I, I want to you know clarify that I don't think any of us knows exactly where things are going. Sure. You know, honestly, if you would have told me you know ten years ago when I was looking at all right, how exactly you know more than ten years ago, like thirteen years ago, like all right, how exactly does a SHA two fifty six function lead to uh, lead to having money? Right. Uh, I don't think I could have told you that at some point people would be trading monkey pictures uh, and saying GM friend and and things on Twitter, right? Uh, so, so I think in some ways the future is, you know, if, if not unknowable, we're, we're never going to get it perfectly right. But one thing that I do think we're going to see is more people understanding the need for self-sovereignty, more people understanding why decentralization is important. And, you know, we've, I feel like, you know, for some people, you know, we, we've seen this, we've seen, uh, data leaks. Right, you know, massive data leaks, right? Of you, know, because you have essentially these honeypots of data, right? That bank store or Target or Home Depot or whatever, just you know, like some of these famous, uh, uh, you know, uh, data leaks. People lost their credit cards and things. Credit cards, yeah. Also, to me, they're ridiculous, right? If you know the number on a credit card, anyone can you know take money from that. Like, why? It's like showing your private key everywhere, and you know, a lot of these things, like. 
as a computer scientist, I, I look at and I just think, okay, you know, uh, you know, blockchain and decentralization make, make so much more sense. There are always trade-offs, right? Um, and there, there are hacks. Um, but I think, you know, these are things that you know, we're, we're, we're going to solve. You know, right now we are still in a very, you know, uh, you know chaotic era, right? You, you see a lot. You see a lot of projects that, like, you know, put code up that isn't adequately tested, that isn't verified, et cetera. Um, but, you know, if you think about, like, you know, an airplane or a car, think how many lines of code. Like, you know, a car, I've heard, you know, um, now I'm going to get the number slightly wrong. So, but, a, like, a regular car sold in America today has something like 100 million lines of code in it. And you know, your, your cars are, are pretty safe. Why? Because... That code is not something that some anons are, are writing and throwing up, uh, and then it's got a hundred million dollars of value in it the next day, right? You know, it's, it's, it's well tested. It's, it's verified. It's checked. Um, it's written by professionals. And so one, so yeah, so I guess there's a couple of things here. One, just like everything, right? You read any history of computing. It always goes from like the, the, you know, the, the hackers in the old school term of the word, right? You know, people fooling around and stuff. And it eventually gets professionalized and things are solidified uh, as time goes on. And I think we're going to see that uh, in, in Web3. Now, I hope we can do this without losing a lot of the philosophy, uh, you know, behind it and the, and the rationale for doing it in the, in the first place. Um, so that's one thing I think we're going to see. The, the second thing is I think people are going to realize, right? So just like, you know, in the, in the 70s and 80s, people started to uh, realize, like, you know, hey, computers can be used for, for sending email and, you know, and then in the 90s for buying things, et, et cetera. Uh, you know, people were thinking about this well before that, but ordinary people were thinking, well, I can just, you know, send a letter in an envelope. I can just use the Sears catalog and, you know, call the people up, right? Uh, they didn't see, like, the benefits. And I think it's the same with uh, – with Web3 right now, in, in terms of like, you know, self-sovereignty of data, people think, well, why do I need to, to, to have this responsibility? I can just, I can just trust Facebook. I can just trust, uh, you know, Elon Musk and, and X or Twitter. You know, I can just trust all of these people. And I think eventually, you know, people will, will see the benefits, but it is, it's a slow process, right? And it starts with the tech nerds and then sort of slowly, uh, what's the word, like diffuses out into the broader population. You know, we've seen this with email. We've seen this with the web. We've seen this with so many things in the past. And a lot of the things that, you know, you start with in any technology seem ridiculous, right? Uh, I, so, so um, uh, Ryan, I think you're about the same age as me. I can't remember, but I'm sure, do you remember like GeoCities web pages? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, they were ridiculous. They were silly. Or MySpace, right, with little, like, you know, MIDI tunes playing in the background. But it was people, like, you know, playing. And, you know, people figured out what worked. And now it's, like, all right, now, like, you know, the web is something that's very useful, right? I can't imagine living without the web mm -hmm. nowadays. And I think, you know, a lot of what passes for Web3 right now is this very silly stuff that shows that we're in the early days of people trying things, Um and there's nothing wrong with that. I hope that we can continue to have a sort of lighthearted attitude and continue to play around with things. But yeah, I, I also see, yeah, so I guess to, get, to answer your question, I apologize. I sort of meandered there. So, so two things is one, I see you know, like professionalization uh, of, of this space. Uh, people not throwing contracts up, but rather you're know, doing a really thorough analysis and understanding 
that this stuff is very important to get right. And we'll see tools for helping to get it right. Um, again, you know, I'm, I'm a former programmer. I'm a, I was a C programmer in the old days. Um, I can't imagine just like writing C like I used to in, in the 90s. Uh, you know, not using static analysis tools on it, not having, you know, there's a lot of different mechanisms uh, to help prevent a lot of the problems that we've seen, like buffer overflows in, in the past. Um, or using other languages than C, right? Like Rust, uh, for instance, which Substrate is written in. Um, and then, yeah, the second is you know, a broader understanding of what it's good for. Um, so the example I always like to give is, you know, my son is 10 and he's, you know, I love my son. He's not a computer programmer, right? He's, uh, but, he has figured out Minecraft, right? And I, I'm confused. And he's like, no, 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 this, this type of block does this. And he's made these you know, huge things. Why? Because he was incentivized to learn about them. It's because it's fun for him. It's, it's something cool. He gets a benefit from it. He can show off to his friends. And I think it's the same with you know, self-sovereignty, right? When people understand the benefits, then they'll take the time to learn. And hopefully from our perspective as technologists, we also can make it easier for them. Well, sorry to give you such a broad question, but I think those are wonderful answers, Bill. Um, you know, we're coming up on time. Do you have any closing thoughts about what you'd like to share just in the Web3 Foundation, how people can get involved, anything like that? Uh, sure. So I already mentioned we had the Decentralized Futures Program, which is giving out uh, quite a bit of, of funding uh, for people looking to build. We still have the Traditional Grants Program, uh, which is really meant for, like, you know, smaller uh, projects, very tech-focused, has to be open source um, uh, we also have the on-chain treasury, uh, Ryan, I'm sure I know, uh, I watch attempts at governance. I can never, I can rarely tune in live, but I do watch it quite often. Um, so you know, there's treasury proposals, so a very large on-chain, uh, uh, treasury and a governance community that I think is really second to none, um, you know, with a lot of activity, uh, happening in it. So there's a lot of ways for people to build on, on Polkadot and Polkadot, really lets you, yeah, so not only is there funding for this, but there's also a lot of possibilities of things that you can do uh, you know, with Polkadot. We see some very interesting stuff uh, happening in the ecosystem. So, so like TeddyDAO, uh, which I think is you know, very cool. I'm, I'm a Teddy, Teddy owner myself, uh, Teddy number 54. Uh, and I see us, I would love to see personally like more projects that are trying something new, something that uh, you know, isn't even possible perhaps to do uh, in another ecosystem, like, you know, like Bitcoin or Ethereum. And I really want to encourage, like, you know, encourage the builders. And if you are want to build on Polkadot, but you don't know what to build, we have a whole list of RFPs of things that we're looking to build. Uh, or if you have an idea, but you don't have funding for it, we'll help you with that. Um, so really, like, if there are any builders out there, I would you know, I'd be happy to talk with you on how we can best help you uh, to build in the Polkadot ecosystem. Well, thanks so much, Bill, for taking the time. For those of you who are interested, we will have those links to the Centralized Futures Program, to also to Bill's massively open online course on blockchain fundamentals. If you're interested in that, you can follow Bill on Twitter where he spends too much time, just like me, at Bill Laboon, just as it's spelled, his name. Um, and then his pinned tweet has his novel, Strength in Numbers, which I would be remiss in not suggesting that you read. It's a great book. I really enjoyed it. We could have a whole conversation just on that. But thanks so much again, Bill, for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been my pleasure.